Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Yeah, this is the clean part. Midnight, <laughs> the witching hour. <laughs> Watery echoes in an empty building. The grand Greek pool at Ravencrest Manor babbles and gurgles as chlorine-scented water pumps, flowing like cool blood in veins and arteries. The moon, full and high above the arched glass ceiling, shines its light into the cobalt pool, casting splintered rays across the water, picking up golden highlights as it reflects on the constellations, the planets, the moon set into the bottom of the pool. A spring and a thunk from the tall diving board, then a splash as someone dives in, and somehow water explodes into the air. The sound ebbs and flows with movement. But if no human ear is present to hear it, no eye to see it, can these things be real? Are they merely tricks of light and sound, magic courtesy of Mother Nature? Soft golden lamps flicker to life, and then music, faint but unmistakable, rises and echoes. Eddie Cantor, if you knew Susie like I know Susie. Oh, oh, what a girl. Laughter, the sounds of a party of voices of glasses clinking, and something white and serpentine slithers and stirs beneath the water like glistening cold silk, there and gone again an instant. All right, and if you need to catch up on the Ravencrest saga, you can get books one and two, The Ghosts of Ravencrest, and book two, The Witches of Ravencrest, anywhere books are sold. Again, you're listening to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live, uh, where your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarathorne.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamarathorne. You can visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook, or if you're on Instagram, you can find us at at Thorn and Cross or uh, at official underscore Alistair Cross. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at AuthorsOnTheAir.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right. With that out of the way, um, we are thrilled to introduce tonight's guest. Um, we've had him on a few times. Love having him. Um, Andrew Niederman, uh, he was born in Brooklyn. His family moved to the Catskills of New York when he was an infant. He is a graduate of State University of Albany, where he received his master's in English. He taught at Fallsburg High School for 23 years before leaving to pursue a career as a novelist and screenwriter. As a teacher, he served as department chairman, faculty president, 
County Teachers Association President, Director of Dramatics, and Wrestling Coach. Uh, Andrew is the New York Times best-selling author of many novels, including the VC Andrews book series. Uh, his most recent novel is called Out of the Attic, and it will be followed by Shadows of Foxworth, which is coming in June, and both of those continue the history of the Foxworth family. Uh, he is also the author of 45 additional Niederman novels. Uh, welcome to the show, Andrew. It's always a pleasure to have you. How are you doing? Well, it's good, and I think uh, you got the right title for the Times: Haunted Nights. We're all <laughs> we're all living in haunted <laughs> nights, so that's that's a perfect sure. title for now. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Hearing my bio biographic uh, material makes me tired, actually. <laughs> Exhausted. Yeah. You have very a impressive. you have a very a very long yeah, but it is. It's really it's you know it's it is impressive, and you know every time we have you on. And, uh, you know, you have a whole different, you're, you're up to a whole new, you know, all new stuff, and there's so much going on with you. I love how productive you are, and I think that a, a big part of the success that you and the VC Andrew books have had, I think a lot of the reason for that is that you've never really, I mean, maybe you've slowed down, but not enough that we can tell. So, you know, uh, no. do you, do you, <laughs> I, I guess enough. to start off with, do you feel that? Like, do you feel... Like after all this time, you're you're like, geez, you know, is this ever going to let up? Or are you still loving it? Or you, you know, how? Well, how do you I, feel I, uh, I don't like to think about it because that's what makes you tired. But basically, <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't think of, of slowing up. I think it's what it. You know, it's basically who you are. Right. You can't give it up because that's what you are. That's who you are. So. Uh, I never think of it in those terms at all. In fact, uh, it's still a lot of fun. I'm very excited about what we're doing. Uh, we've carried this V.C. Andrews franchise into the 40th year, and I think it's one of the wow. longest-running books franchises in American publishing, if not the world. And it's wonderful to see it keep going. Uh, just last week we sold five books to the Netherlands, so the international audience continues, and um, we're very excited about that fact, too. Terrific. Uh, breaking up. Yeah, he's breaking up. Now. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let me let me ask a question. Uh, we read your article in Publishers Weekly about ghostwriting, and uh, can you tell the audience a bit about it? What is ghostwriting? Define it for us. Well, uh, ghost, well, the ghostwriting that I do basically is capturing the essence of the writer that you're doing in terms of not just the characters and the plots, but uh, basically all the syntax and everything that's involved with that writer so that people who read it who are fans of that kind of writing uh, continue with it. V.C. Uh, um, Andrews <clears throat> basically established her own genre when she wrote Flowers in the Attic, it became, I would say, the world's first young adult novel because um, adults read it as much uh, as frequently as uh, as the children or young people who are reading it and sneaking it, you know, and, and reading it in those days because it, <laughs> it really was the forbidden, the forbidden V.C. Andrews. So oh, yeah. uh, establishing that genre, my job was to keep it in that genre and to make it happen. And, you know, over the years, many people have tried to imitate it and they just don't understand what V.C. Andrews is, you know. 
I think um, V.C. Andrews herself put it in a great one line when she said the thing that interested her the most was to discover why people who are supposed to love each other harm each other so much. And in Flowers in the Attic, we see that in crystal clear. And uh-huh. it just hit a note that was international. We're talking about 35 million copies in the world, a book that's wow. been remade into you know, another movie, and there are other things going to happen with it in the future. So my job was to see if I could continue that uh, flow, and it gave me the inspiration to write an additional uh, six V.C. Andrews uh, Flowers in the Attic type books. In other words, the Foxworth family, which I think one of the tests of a great novel yeah. is how much can be extracted from it and continued. And uh, right, right. That's what happened with Flowers in the yeah. Attic. So my job as ghostwriter was to somehow disappear, because I had yeah. been writing uh, as a you know graphic thriller, uh, a horror mm-hmm. writer, depending on which bookstore you went into. And uh, you know, culminating in, in the great movie of The Devil's Advocate, and that was a different kind of genre altogether. So my job was basically, how do I uh, lose that and become this other writer? In the old days, I used to write on two different computers. I actually would turn my chair around and become V.C. Andrews. So maybe it was spiritual. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's it just, uh, you know, there's a great line in Shakespeare in Love where they ask him how he does it, and he says, you know, it's a mystery. And basically that's the uh-huh. answer to always to give, I think. It is a mystery. Right. Yeah. Right. So rather well, than analyze it, you know, uh, and tear it apart, uh-huh. I think – that's the most most realistic thing to say is it's a mystery because I, as a writer, I don't really know what happens to me when I get into it. I just lose myself in the stories and the characters and in the genre itself, which, as I say, was an original one created by V.C. Andrews. So it's exciting, you know, to be able to do that and to make it succeed uh-huh. in the worldwide. And um, there are now 107 million copies of V.C. Andrews in the world. It is published. Wow. And any, everywhere in the world that there is a publisher has a V.C. Andrews title, including uh, mainland China. So, that's nice. amazing. There really is. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. always fun to go around the world to and to we, visit we, these places, too, you know, and to talk right, to these right. people and to, to see what makes us. Everywhere in the world, no matter what language you're in, a good story with great characters, you know, that will work. And families uh, yeah. just happen to be uh, an area that everybody um, turns to, and it works. If you do it right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. The last time we talked to you, um, there was there was a lot of talk about the flowers in the attic stage play. Is there any updates on that? Well, right now there's <laughs> there are no stage plays anywhere, but I do have right. a, a major. <laughs> I do have a very important uh, Broadway producer uh, who got involved with it a a few months ago and was moving toward uh, seeing if he could get it opening in New York. And so we were getting very excited about it, and uh, it's like everything else, it's on hold. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the best thing to do is to be optimistic about it, you know. And uh, I did have it produced in a small theater at one time in Florida just to get it tested, but uh, I think it has an exciting potential. And... uh, We'll see how we all come out of this, you know. I think uh, everything will return in its way, and 
mm-hmm. theater is a is a very nice genre for uh, a format for the flowers in the attic because it all takes place oh, yeah. in one setting. So it's almost like a diary Perfect. of Anne Frank world, you know. And uh, right. yeah, I think it, it just lent itself Perfect to a stage. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah. And so we're excited about the potential, and the producer I have working with me is a very successful person who's very connected. So we'll see. And you have lots of uh, movies on the Lifetime Network. Well, we've just too. done something that uh, I I think I'd have to go back and research it, but I think we've kind of broken records. Uh, we are now working on the 15th straight V.C. Andrews adaptation on one network. Uh, we got wow. uh, after uh, this is the entire the last five movies that we're doing now are the Ruby series or, or the Cajun Creole series, uh, also known mm-hmm. as the Landry. That's her last name. Um, and there are five books. We have the first one uh, done, and uh, with the producer Dan Angel has done an incredible job with uh, of selling these movies um, into the Lifetime Network and making it almost the V.C. Andrews Network. And um, we're quite excited about finishing it. So as soon as we're able to get back onto the set, uh, we'll do the next four movies. And it's hard right now to say when uh, they'll air. I mean, they're all they're talking about yeah. different ways to do it. But Ruby was one mm-hmm. of the most successful of all the series uh, I've done. It uh, takes place in Louisiana in the Cajun Creole world. And uh, it's just a fast, fascinating place. Uh, my wife and I spent a lot of time um, researching there. Uh, we traveled in the swamps with a swamp guide. We, <laughs> so we, you know, we saw wow. how the Cajun people live. It's it's almost another country, to be honest with you. They have their own music, right. and language, and food, and it's mm-hmm. fascinating. So, bringing that world together into the New Orleans world, which is or Orleans as they call it, um, mm-hmm. that was a great uh, uh, opportunity, and I really, really enjoyed doing that series. Um, and as I say, it's one of the most popular in the fan group, and we're going to do it. It's going to be five movies. Nice. Nice. Well, let's talk a little about my favorite thing you've ever done, though, Devil's Advocate, and you did mm-hmm. that as as your own self. That's such a great I, – I watched the film again real recently. I've read it, too. I, what inspired that? The Devil and Daniel Webster or, you know, the old – Careful well, I've always been intrigued with Satan. I, I'm, I must say, he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always feel that I help make him famous, you know. And I think I don't know if he thanks me for it or not, but um, why? You know, good and evil is basically the essence of most books, and most stories. And mm-hmm. we've, you know, we've created, we created Satan uh, ourselves. I think um, it's. It just was an exciting thing to think about where Satan would be most comfortable in our modern world right now. And with all that was going on in uh, the legal profession and the opportunity there um, for evil, I just felt mm-hmm. that he would be much com- most comfortable being an attorney. Um, and I had a lot <laughs> yeah. of fun doing that. And a lot of attorneys, <laughs> when they found out who I, wa- who I was and what I had done, they would, they would, you know, say something, and I would laugh. And uh, uh, but if you ask a defense attorney, uh, essentially, why he's defending uh, an obvious, you know, serial killer or something, he'll come up with, you know, everybody deserves a defense. But in his heart, he knows he's he's doing something for Satan. 
That's the way right. I see it. Right. And uh, so, so to put it together with a law firm and to have the whole thing, uh, you know the pitch line that I used to sell it to Warner Brothers, which is uh, one line that was, uh, this is a story about a law firm in New York that represents only guilty people and never loses. And of oh, course that was yeah. that was the line that sold the book into the movies. That basically uh they don't do that much anymore, but basically it was called a pitch line and uh yeah. mm-hmm. it, well, they just said why and how and wow and uh from there we went. Yeah. <laughs> so uh great one. I, it's been an enjoyable ride. I've been yeah. uh again, that's a worldwide book, uh it's many, many countries and uh, uh I just enjoyed doing it. I guess I enjoy evil okay. a little bit too much. <laughs> oh, That's why great. we love having you on. <laughs> That's right. Well, I know well, you guys. You know, I love your intro music because that puts me in the mood. You know, all right? the whole thing. So uh, that's good, you know, and puts me into it. Yeah, now you but I remember when I I did a reading once, and one of the uh, young ladies came up to me after the reading, and she said to me, "You seem like a normal person." <laughs> and, uh, I'll never forget that one because what happens is people read your books and think, well, this has got to be some kind of a creature who wrote these books or whatever. And right. uh, you just step in it and step yeah. out, you know, if you could do that, yeah. then, then you can, then you can so do funny. it. But uh, I, I can't yeah, explain it. As I say, a it's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a definite uh, thing that goes along with it. It's, it's true, you know. But yeah, you, and you, okay, so. Your latest release is Out of the Attic, and um, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about that, and then let's talk about what's coming up. So what can you tell us about Out of the Attic? Well, okay, I start, it started off with, uh, I realized there, was, there, was references, there were references in Flowers in the Attic to Malcolm, who's the grandfather, uh, the patriarch of the family, to his mother, who ran away when he was only five years old. And there's a whole storyline that came to me as to what happened. And so um, from that, I developed the saga of the first Corinne, because she had the same name as Malcolm's daughter, Corinne, who's the mother who puts her children in the attic. So uh, why did Corinne run away and desert her five-year-old child? Where did she go? Uh, What drew her away? I mean, all that became... um, another storyline and of course it relates to the famous Foxworth family so that took two volumes uh, beneath the attic and out of the attic and then the story continues because uh, we'll find out that she has children and how they tie in with the Foxworth family becomes shadows of Foxworth so I call those the attic novels and um, shadows of Foxworth is coming out in June out of the attic is out right now and uh, the three together with Flowers in the Attic and the whole Dollengangers series and uh, three other novels that I wrote relating to it make up the 11 books. All of it coming out of that one storyline. So that's what I wow. was, I was uh, saying uh, earlier, that when you have a great novel, it, it seems to spin off. You know, that's where your spinoff can come. And the way V.C. Andrews developed that family and all the intrigue in it, uh, enable me uh, to, you know, expand it and to do the kind of books that we have now. So those three um, uh, will lead into uh, the middle of this year, and then we have uh, Whispering Hearts coming out in the fall, 
And um, I've just finished uh, two other novels uh, entitled The Umbrella Lady and uh, Out of the Rain. And uh, those will be 2021, and I'm working now on the last book for 2021. Nice. You know, wow. That's my schedule there, and then we're doing the five yeah. so we're, we're busy <laughs> in that regard. Every time we talk to you, I, I, you know, it ends with me thinking, "Wow, we really need to, we really need to get it together." You got to, you got to get to work, yeah. right? Yes. Well, yeah. I, I think uh, it's, I think it's, uh, what I'm doing has spun off in my family, and I'm very proud of them. And, uh, for example, my grandson works for television, and he, uh, Dustin, and he's, uh, he's involved with Succession. Um, my daughter does uh, talk shows and uh, also is, aspires to write. So uh, those are those things are uh, exciting. My son is a private pilot, and he meets a lot of writers and movie stars. So it all just seems to spin and work together. My wife, was uh, Diane, was the first fan of Flowers in the Attic and the Family. Wow. Oh, wow. That's cool. She used to come around yeah, to me when I was writing my thriller books and telling me how great this novel was, Flowers in the Attic. Right. She was driving me crazy yeah. with it. And <laughs> I better read this book. She know. Yeah, she knew. So what do you have on the horizon for the uh, Andrew Niederman books? Who's the writer for the Andrew Niederman book? No, what do you have oh. on the horizon? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah I misunderstood too. I'm sorry. Well, right now I'm working on some uh, adaptations of my novels for a film and television. And um, I'm just so involved in what I have to do with the V.C. Andrews franchise right now that uh, I'm not uh, – I've got my books on the back burner, but I'm not getting into them until I get this stuff done that I want to have done ready because we have so much going on in the film world with V.C. Andrews now. Nice. Wow. So, you know, it's it. I used to be able to write two novels at one time, but um, I'm doing so many other things at the same time as writing the novels that I have to, you know, sort of judge my time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my wife wants to see me once in a while, and uh, <laughs> I do have to eat. Things like sleep. that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that, that's basically what happens here. But, uh, well, I hope you'll, you'll come back in the fall. Uh, you too. I hope you'll come back in the fall and talk about the next novel. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be doing quite a bit in the fall, hopefully. Well, everybody's being optimistic, and I think that's the way to be. Uh, you know, right yeah. now it's awful hard to plan on your future, but I think the thing to do is to mm-hmm. is to just keep working and keep looking forward and oh. uh, don't dote on, on all the terror because there is a lot horror going around mm-hmm. us, but I think you know, you've got to be optimistic, and the way to be optimistic is to keep working. Absolutely. True. True. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we're we're always happy to have you. We're glad to talk to you. We're glad to hear that you're doing alright, and um, we will optimistically uh, plan on having you back to talk about your next releases uh, later on in this later on this year, and we will we'll be in touch. Thank you so much for being mm-hmm. on. It's Thank always you. a pleasure. Okay, guys, it thanks is. again. Take care of yourselves. All right, you, you too. too. Stay safe. Thanks. Yeah. Bye-bye.
All right, and to everybody listening, uh, thank you for listening. This is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. And until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening.